This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Increasing clouds today, high near 34. Mostly cloudy tonight, slight chance of snow, showers, low around 27. Tuesday, a mix of snow, showers, sleet, and possibly rain with a high near 35. Sub-freezing conditions and treacherous roadways contributed to dozens of deaths this month across the U.S., where states as far south as Texas and Florida remain gripped by deadly Arctic weather on Sunday. But the numbing cold is expected to ease up in the coming days. Memphis major utility provider says crews were making progress towards restoring water service over 24 hours to most of the 700,000 people the utility services. The utility says it has repaired 41 broken water mains and located more than 4,000 leaks at homes and businesses. National winter storms this month have claimed at least 72 lives around the U.S., many involving hypothermia or road accidents. According to the Broome County District Attorney, on January 12th, Craig Brigham of of Maine pleaded guilty to felony attempted robbery in the third degree. On August 1st of 2022, Brigham entered the Vestal Walmart, selected a backpack and miscellaneous merchandise when an employee attempted to retrieve the stolen merchandise. Brigham pulled out a small aerosol can and threatened to pepper spray the employee. Binghamton will be sentenced in Broome County Court on the 12th of April 2024 to one and a half to three years of indeterminate state imprisonment. On January 17th in Broome County Court, Karheem Felton of Binghamton pleaded guilty as a second felony offender to criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. On August 2nd of 2022, Felton opened fire at another individual at the Northside Deli on Shenango Street in Binghamton. Binghamton Police Department investigated the shooting and located the defendant attempting to flee the scene of the accident while in possession of the firearm. Fenton will be sentenced to nine years in prison and five years post-release supervision. Also on January 17th, in Broome County Court, Eric Dudley of Endicott pleaded guilty to criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. On September 7th of 2023, the Broome County Special Investigations Unit executed a search warrant at 12 Jefferson Avenue, Apartment 3 in the village of Endicott. Dudley was found to be in possession of 19 grams of cocaine and a loaded 45 caliber handgun. Dudley will be sentenced on the 17th of April to four years in prison and three years post-release supervision. A boarded-up motel near the Enjoy Golf Course continues to be an eyesore for people who live near the property in the town of Union. The Red Carpet Inn in West Endicott closed in 2018. The site at 749 West Main Street was sold to Rakesh Shroff of New Jersey for $325,000 the following year. Town Union Town Supervisor Robert Mack said the owner is paying his taxes and has been responsive when there have been security issues at the old motel. Mack told WNBF News there's not much the town can do as long as those things are happening. But the supervisor said it's a terrible eyesore and black eye to the community. Thousands of people who attend the Dick's Sporting Goods Open Golf Tournament every year are treated to the site of a boarded-up abandoned motel. 
Max said he has had several conversations with Broome County Executive Jason Garner about doing something there to deal with the blighted building. He said there's been discussion about the property possibly being purchased by the county so the motel could be torn down to make the site shovel-ready for a new project. Max said prospective developers have expressed an interest in the property for a townhouse or apartment project, but he said studies concluded it wouldn't be cost-effective to try to convert the place into long-term housing. Tioga State Bank is making strides in empowering students by recently opening its first student-run bank office at Spencer Van Etten High School. Located within the school premises, the Spencer Van Etten Tioga State Bank student office is overseen by Jenna Gillette from the Spencer office. The student-run bank office is exclusively accessible to the students, faculty, and staff of Spencer Van Etten High School. Susan Allen, Senior Vice President and Regional Retail Manager at Tioga State Bank, expressed how thrilled she and her team were to offer the Spencer Van Etten High School students, faculty, and staff a banking option within the walls of their school. She also pointed out that the bank gives students the opportunity to gain independence and the financial skills that they will need. To further engage the students and promote school spirit, Tioga State Bank collaborated with the Spencer Van Etten High School Art Department Together, they were hosting a student competition to design a joint logo. The collaboration not only encourages creativity and artistic expression, but also strengthens the partnership between Tioga State Bank and the school community. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. Monday, January 22nd, 2024. Phone lines are open for what promises to be a very interesting week. 607-772-1290. What's on your mind? Morning, WNBF. Instant gratification line. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Morning, Bob. It's Rob from Port Crane. And welcome. Happy New Week. Yeah, it's nice. It's going to be beautiful today. 35 degrees and sunny. Heck yeah. Hey, I was just going to tell you, I just I started reading the book again for the third time because it was so good, and I remembered a chapter in there. The book is called Bullet Points and Punchlines. It's comedian Lee, Lee Camp. It's like a 2020 book. But anyway, he's got a chapter in there. It's how the, uh, the Pentagon lost, what was it, $21 trillion, and they blamed it on accounting errors. That was over like a 15-year, 1998 to 2015. So anyway, I was just going to tell you that that comes right up with uh, last week's announcement that the Pentagon just failed its fourth audit. Well, That's another great thing. But nobody is surprised. I, I am not surprised. You're not surprised. I would submit to you not a single listener is surprised that the Pentagon would fail every single audit. Why only four? Why don't they fail? Why haven't they failed hundreds of audits? It's the Pentagon. Because, that's because they refused to do it. They were ordered to in the 1990s, but it wasn't until Donald Trump 
made them do it. Well, this thank goodness. Thank goodness yeah. someone someone attempted to bring that uh, out-of-control operation in yeah. the line. I mean, even even he, with his superpowers, could not do it. But he tried. He, he got them to audit it themselves. Well, it's a start. Well, it is a good start. But, Bob, this is a really good book, you know, and it is kind of, it's kind of timely because, like, the same stuff that we were going through 2020, we're still going through right now. You know, that they're pushing the race war, they're pushing this, you know, weird sexual stuff on the kids and on, you know, it's everywhere. Yeah, you know? the main thing is we really, most of all, need to protect the kids, especially from some of these teachers. Well, it's funny, too, because I saw a woman from a Moms for Liberty, I think her group was called, and they're just to try to keep these... Wasn't that the one who got in trouble from that group? Bob, didn't, didn't she have some sort of issues in her own life that raised, raised questions about whether she should be in charge of a group like that, or is that some other group? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I no, I mean, there was uh, a group like that, and I don't remember the specifics, but I remember something came out that, that caused uh, people to do a double take and say, wow, who are these people who are lecturing us about American values and good behavior when in fact, and again, I'm not a judge. I, I do not judge people. It's just every once in a while you say, are they really so well positioned that they're so much better than the rest of us that they can well, wag their little think- finger their index finger at us and lecture us about what we ought to be doing when they may have other issues in their own lives that, that need attention. No, 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 not at all. Here's what's going on, Bob, and you should go see this this interview that she did with Joy Reid on CNN. These CNN people are the most despicable human beings. Which one is the most despicable? Of the ones still who still have jobs at CNN, many, of course... Joy Reid. Joy jo- Reid. She racist. is... Why is she the most despicable right now? Because she's racist. She hates white people. She hates everything about this country. She doesn't like it at all. She's the most racist. Wait, she's not on this. I had to look this up. She's not on CNN. She's not on CNN. What channel is she on? MSNBC, is it? Uh, That's what I thought. I I just had to double check. But she has a program. It's on weeknights at 7 on MSNBC. Yeah, six of one, half dozen of right. the other. Well, I'm not. Them, I'm know. not saying. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying that let's you know if we're going to be talking about her, and I don't want to be critical. Um, <laughs> Go watch the interview. <laughs> well, well, I might. But anyway, so I mean, I've seen her program on occasion. I don't watch it very often. Here's here's the secret shame about my media habits. I don't watch much TV anymore. You know, I, I used to watch. I, I used I to watch. A lot of uh, TV, a lot of network news, a lot of uh, cable news. And I got to say, over the last three years, the, the amount, the quantity, the minutes spent in front of that tube have uh, dwindled. I'm not saying, and it's not intentional, really. It's just the way it's worked out. Uh, for some reason, the way things have been going with the, uh, the news landscape, I don't know if it's just that it's so predictable or, oh, yeah. or they don't seem, just between you and me, and this has nothing to do necessarily with political viewpoints. I just think, and you might agree with me on this case, that the news operations don't seem to be trying very hard anymore. Oh, no, they're not. Yeah. No, with that, that's why we need alternative media. Yeah, well, you we know, do. There's some, there's some good people down at the border, too. I, as a matter of fact, I'll be quick with this one. 
There was a video the other day of this reporter, a man and a woman that are down there at the border, and they're interviewing these people that just came across. Where are you from, you know? And this one guy, obviously Middle Eastern, says to her, you don't, you're not smart enough to know who I am. Pretty soon you'll all know who I am. This is one of the people they just let into the country. So that sounds move, like, Bob. that sounds ominous. It sounds, and I don't want to, you know, I'm maybe I'm jumping to a contusion, but it just seems to me, by the way, pardon, you hear the noise here? That's not bad. No, I just wanted to explain, just uh, removing my pristine copy of the New York Times. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I knew that would elicit a reaction. No, don't, don't do that, Listen. Mm. The one thing I know about the New York Times is that they fired Chris Hedges after he won the Pulitzer Prize for reporting on the truth in Iraq. Mm. They fired him for telling the truth. The thing about so, the New York Times, al- although the New York Times is arguably the best newspaper in the world. Arguably. Arguably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to start an argument. I try to choose my words carefully because obviously not everybody agrees with that, that view. But at, at least most of the time they try. But of course, in fairness to everyone concerned, the New York Times has, has uh, we'll just say, uh, a less than stellar overall record. They try. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, appreciate the call. Uh, I'll... Uh, I'll try to check out that Joy Reid interview and see if I can. What was the who who was she interviewing there? Uh, Moms for Liberty. I oh. can't remember the woman's name. Okay, I'll find it. Thanks. All right, thanks. Have a great day, Bob. You too. It's nine seventeen WNBF with Bob Joseph, arguably Binghamton's best radio program. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bob Vestal. Good morning. Good morning, Vestal. Yeah. I, I wish I could uh, get in contact with that Rob guy. He makes so much yeah, sense. Well, you know, the good thing you know is... You know what kills me? Whenever he brings something up, you have to like, whoa, whoa, where'd you hear that? What? You don't do that with a lot of callers that are on your, well, if, your scene. If, um, if, if a caller brings up something that I haven't heard before, I want, want the source. If a caller brings up something that I have read or seen before, I'm... I'm not going to ask them to identify a source if I already know where it came from. Eh, whatever. Yeah, I already been out, did my laundry, out in that cold, ready to head out and do something. Isn't it uh, invigorating? I was just out covering yeah, a story, right. and I was talking, I won't identify, but I was talking with the cops uh, at the scene of a story, and... Um, we we all agreed that eight or ten degrees is is not really the optimal temperature to be outside. No, I mean, I we weren't complaining. Tell. I mean, look, you know, we we're we're acclimated to winter in the Northeast, but we are all. I think even you could uh, probably look forward to later this week when the temperature will get into the fifties around here. Oh yeah, but you deal with what you deal. Oh with. sure, you know, that's life. Yeah. And so many people now are so wimpy. Oh, have you noticed they that? Whine about. Oh, they, they can't whine. take the they they can't take the slightest inconvenience. They they whine about everything. Oh. Can you imagine? I wake up and I just think, okay, what do I got to do today? Get in the shower, you know, go pay a bill or something. And I think there's people that sit around and just look for something to be miserable about. Yeah. And I can't figure people's minds. It's like. Look at the good things you got. You're not going to be here forever, pals. 
know what I mean? I'm almost 70, and I'm thinking, hey, I might not even make it another year. So I enjoy, and these younger people, I, I just don't get it anymore. But, uh, yeah, I like that Rob dude. I might drive up to Port Crane and see if anybody knows. Oh, I bet they do. It. He's well known. I'd love to get a hold of, like, yeah. Dave from Boston. People yeah. you, ought, like, you ought to have, like, um, I don't know, like a club. But anyway, so what did you think about the news over the weekend? What? What? All the news. There was a lot of news over the weekend. I, I, it's an open-ended question. I wanted you to pick out the, the top story over the weekend and, and react. I didn't want to uh, place my, my bias on, on the question. Donald's the big story. He's always the big story. Right. So what do you think? You know me, I go, if he doesn't get president, we're done. That's my view. What do you mean? What, what do you mean by we're done? Um, either China, we're going to start speaking Mandarin or something because this guy in there, he's on vacation again. He knows nothing. He's being run like a puppet. And I don't know why you people can't see this. It just drives me nuts. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad you I've checked in. Enough. Yeah, have, off, have a good day. Off, get off and do something. Bye. All right. Take care. It's 920 WNBF. Polite conversation. That is what we strive for. At 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. WNBF live at 923. Back to Vestal. Dave and Vestal, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Hey, isn't that that's Hillary's song, isn't it? Who? Right. Hillary what? Where? Hillary. Who? Hillary, that's her song you're playing. Hillary, Hillary who? Hillary. There's only crooked Hillary. Hillary Duff? <laughs> no, no, you know what you know what Hillary. What difference um, at this point does it make? What do you mean? <laughs> her? That's her song. Oh, I gave her that song. Right. Oh, oh, that. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's not bad. oh, oh, you gotta. Oh, Dave, you got to start telling the truth, man. We need to get that dog and follow follow them around, and every time they say these things, oh, you know. But but Bob, there's a commercial that runs on your ear, and every time, and you know, the dog barks. It reminds me of her every time I hear it. Very you harsh. Very harsh. I'll, I'll let it go this time, but I'm giving you a warning. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Okay. Hey. It, it comes okay. across. Now, you may not mean it. In a bad way, but it comes across poorly. So it, it, the optics don't sound good on the radio. So I'm giving you one more warning. If you have nothing nice to say about Hillary Clinton, move on to the next topic. Okay, the next topic, Bob. Um, 
definitely move on to the next topic. Um, uh, Friday we were talking. Let's see, we were talking about. Uh, oh yeah, you first. You and uh, what's his name? The Golden Gate boy out there in uh, California were painting a rosy picture about the economy. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Yes, I was talking with Nancy Pelosi. No, her husband, Johnny Pelosi. But yeah. Well, after after we were talking about that, I, I think it was Ron that called in and said that crime was going down. Remember, he, he read you something that he, he looked up and says, oh, it's been going down, going down. And, you know, I find it ironic because over the weekend I, I was watching a C-SPAN and uh, Governor Holker was on there. And she had a plan listed on there uh, for combating a retail theft, how, how bad it was forcing closes to store, uh, stores to close and lock things up. And she was talking all about it. So I'm just thinking, you know, he called in and he read about how crime's getting much better, but crime and economy, both the public has to feel that it's better, has to feel that it's good. What you guys say what stats say mean nothing. They're all irrelevant. And it's only how we feel, Bob. And if we don't feel safe, then crime's up. If we have to stand there and wait for them to go unlock a door to buy a pair of socks or a pair of underwear or deodorant, then no, crime is not down. And, it, and matter of fact, Bob, she didn't say anything like Ron said about, oh, it's because people order online now. No, she, she addressed stores closing explicitly from theft. So, well, she's, enti she's entitled to her opinion. Doesn't make her right. <laughs> what? Just because she said it, who's to say that she didn't get uh, a hefty contribution from the CVS stores or from the Walgreens stores or from the, uh, what's that, uh, Joe's Club stores? You know, they, they may have given her $1,000 and said, hey, we can't tell you anything to say. We can't, we won't tell you what to say, but, you know, it'd be interesting if you'd make some reference to the heartbreak of retail theft. And so she knows which side of the, the, uh, the role is buttered. So she probably did it that way. And that way she can be uh, assured of more contributions from the retail industry. <laughs> nice try. Bob. Well, it's just a, it's just a theory. I obviously I have no proof, but you know, so, sounds to me like it's a good theory. See, but you know, if she doesn't know what's going on in our state, then I want a new governor. <laughs> You're gonna get one. Okay, I can't wait. But be careful what you wish for. The next governor is the former guy. The former guy is gonna be the next governor. He's going to run against her. He's making a comeback. You know Andy makes <laughs> that, it happen. No, you think he will? But yes, he, he will. He will. He will. he will because he's in the process of rehabilitating his image. Well, he better dig deep to do that. It's not going to take too much digging. Most of the downstate Democrats still love the guy. Well... I believe that, Bob. Trust There's me, downstate Democrats don't like Kathy Hochul because she represents us, the upstate interests. The downstate yeah. interests don't like her. Even though she's a dino, a Democrat in name only. You know, Molinero's been right. He, he's been saying, he, he's, he's been uh, raising the red flag saying 
pay more attention to upstate New York. And I like hearing that. I want to hear him say it some well, more. Of course he's going to say it. His district's upstate. Well, yeah, but he... But if, he, he, repre- he if he represented Long Island, we'd expect him to say, give more attention to the island. He represents an upstate district, so of course he's going to say, pay more attention to the upstate. I like, I like to think that he cares about oh. it. That's why he's saying it, Bob. Oh, 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 oh. I'd like I'd to think that, to. too. I'd like to think Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene cares about us, too. I'd like to think <laughs> Lauren Bobbitt cares about us, too. But, you know, <laughs> I know. People are going to say, Bob, your humor you is just too sharp for us. I think you're thinking about Lorena, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Bob, have a, have a good day. Will yeah, you, Bob? It's okay. going to be a stellar week. It's going to be swell. 9.30, WNBF, Binghamton. Be-doop. <laughs> it's getting set when we go on the network. Be-doop. 607-772-1290. I hope your week is off to a fabulous start. It is a fabulous week. If you have thoughts, we have a phone line and I have a microphone. And together, we shall communicate to the masses on WNBF. WNBF Live. What's not to love? Studio 1290. Or is it Studio 92.1? Who is that over there? Steve Rebell? Steve, here's a message from NYPD. They want you to call them. All right, let's hit the phones. Enough of that, whatever that is. John from Binghamton, good morning. Yeah, uh, it wasn't disco that ruined rock and roll, but I'll tell you what did. <clears throat> Electronics. Uh, you're uh, right, you're right. And I'm not talking about synthesizers or thing. I'm talking about even before auto-tune. Uh, you know, uh, there were <clears throat> two devices for electric guitars uh, in the 60s. One was the uh, Maestro Gibson Fuzz Tone, and that had a run. And then the wah-wah pedal, which <clears throat> most guitar players put it in a halfway position for the tone that it would generate. But that was, in other words, if you were a guitar player, that was the only two, those were the only two things you needed. So along comes uh, some companies, uh, you know, run by musicians that wanted to fiddle with electronics. And this was especially after Bob Moog uh, got into the success. Companies like MXR. Oh, don't even uh, get me started about Trumansburg and Bob, yeah. Bobby and Trumansburg. Anyway, continue. Yeah, MXR was in Rochester. I, I, I don't know how many, more than a dozen different boxes. And then came the foot pedals with, with uh, things. So... The reason that the guitar, and you almost have to have an asterisk, like a, a baseball card, 
the reason the guitar players were better in the 60s was because they didn't have this outboard equipment. I mean, at most, they would have a maybe someone work on a Marshall, uh, uh, you know, inside, uh, making it a little bit uh, more sustainable or better than it was, although nothing can cut a stock Marshall. Uh, but uh, this is why the great guitar players, Eric Clapton, Terry Kath, uh, people like that, uh, and, and, and right up into the 70s. I mean, the beginning of this, in my mind, was the guy from Boston, uh, the guitar player, who actually was involved in electronics. And, and then, you know, right down the line, it led to uh, the guy in Journey, Neil Schoen, or whatever his name is. And, uh, you know, you, you, you got so many boxes hooked up that you didn't know what pedal to step on. And it, it led itself to the actual playing of the electric guitar. Uh, you... They were sort of they they sort of uh, were cheap boxes in the fact that it, and it actually took away from the guitarist's ability, uh, particularly rhythm guitar. Uh, you know, uh, every every a uh, 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 dying art except in the studios. Uh, Joe Messina of Motown would be. I mean, Motown had three electric guitars in their studio band. So that if you want to look at what ruined rock. Uh, go back before uh, when there was just a wah wah and a and a fuzz tone. Listen to those guitarists. Listen to Crossroads by Eric Clapton. Listen to Twenty Five to Six to Four, and and you will see people that really had command of the in- instrument. Now, go to the later guys, and there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, Gary Rickrath of Ario, you know, he could play, he could play, but he he would get carried away too. Kevin Cronin led him into these these ballads that were so boring that he had to save it, <laughs> both in the in the uh, solo and at the end. So uh, that's uh, think about it. Next time you're watching television or see any of these guys, think about it and say, you know, old John, he has some years, and he's right. There, there's too many of these boxes and not enough skill on the guitars, no matter what they'll tell you. No matter how many times Eddie Van Halen went to the beauty shop, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, <laughs> he, he couldn't hold. Uh, now, this is going to upset people. He couldn't hold his own against Clapton. You're just trying Clapton. to stir things up. You're trying to stir things up on the first day of the work week, and well, I think it's going to work. Well, you know, they did try, you know, it's funny, uh, they did try to come up with an electronic device for the saxophone, right? Uh, Selmer, the saxophone maker, came up with this box. It was called the Selmer Veritone, and you were going to, there's a pickup on the saxophone in this extra box that was go- going to generate different kinds of tone. Of course, you know, I mean, uh, no one, no respectable uh, saxophonist was going to go near it, you know, uh, except on a novelty basis, but look, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, you want a guy that's got command of the instrument? That's a guy. Rory Gallagher, command of the instrument. The problem with these guitar players today is they don't have command of the instrument. Uh, they, they, they can't play. You, you put them, <laughs> you know, and that's the sad fact about it. And, and that was, you know, that became, after the saxophone was gone, uh, that became the primary instrument of the music. And uh, people that are playing it now aren't very good. I guess they play country music now. All those, all those bad guitar players went to country music. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, give me a break with these, with these Nashville guys. I mean, the Almond <laughs> Brothers could blow them off the stage. Anyway, I appreciate you getting us started with some interesting musical nuggets on this Monday morning, 9.39, from the west side of Binghamton to the west side of the greatest nation ever invented, California. Here we come with Scotty. Good morning.
Uh, you know, I want to be referred to as Golden Gate Boy, Bobby. <laughs> GGB. That's my new uh, TV handle Golden right there. Gate Golden Boy. Gate Boy. So, uh, Golden Gate Boy, uh, he's going to make a little, some observations. I think there may have been a New Hampshire rally with a former guy where he referred to Nikki Haley as Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> or Nancy Pelosi as Nikki Haley. Disregard. It's like. He was saying that Nikki Haley had the authority to uh, call out the National Guard on January 6th. And it's like, huh? And, uh, you know, he's just, it's just crazy. This is the same guy, the former guy who says Joe Biden might get us involved in World War II. Huh? And he said, oh, I defeated Barack Hussein Obama in 2016. Huh? It's like. I'm not going to say the man senile or has dementia. I think adult is more the term I'm looking at for. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> let me choose my words very carefully because I am familiar with some of the things that happened over the weekend regarding this particular person. And I will say this. I will see, say this because I know this is a very sensitive topic. I believe, this I believe, he is doing the best he can under the circumstances. Okay. You know, this makes perfect sense to me now why he didn't want to debate, you know, in the primaries. <laughs> he took the, uh, the base. He took, no, seriously, he took well, to the basement. I know. Anytime he opens his mouth, who knows what's going to come out. Well, some people could make the same argument about the current guy. Well, the current guy can put together a sentence. He, he can. Sentence. He can. But in fairness... In fairness to his detractors, you you have to admit. Well, you don't have to admit, but I no, I'm not going to admit it unless I have to admit. No, it. well then, you're free to go now. No, the uh, the bottom <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is, in my opinion, again, just a humble opinion, the humblest of opinions you'll hear all week. I uh, I do believe that the current guy sometimes, not maybe sometimes, probably many times. It makes his advisors and his communications team hold their breath during these unscripted situations. So I'm not, again, I, I say about the former guy, I do believe he is doing the best he can under all, considering all things considered. I think, yeah, and, and think, okay, yes, so I take that into account, day. everything. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, been, yeah. and I think... Supporters and non-supporters alike will admit the guy has been through a lot. I think, I think that's one thing nearly 100% of the listening audience will agree. The guy has been through a lot. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want 91 felony indictments. I wouldn't either. Oh, come if, on. Who, I mean, even, get, I let's be clear, even if I had nine felony indictments, I might have trouble speaking in public, you know? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, so, you know, 91 indictments. Very, very few Americans get to the point where the, the number of total indictments is, is approaching triple digits. So that could certainly, that could certainly cause some difficulty in, in accepting reality. Now, now, so. now Bobby, I, I got something to say before you go to break. But, um, All right, you know we have to go to break. I know. People were calling up last week and saying stuff about polls and things like that, and you were against the polls. And I just found an interesting poll this weekend about polls, where 73% of the respondents didn't believe in polls. Thank you. <laughs> Rimshot, 943. WNBF, not afraid to address the issue. 
We're at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, or for people who are experiencing the joy of Northern California, they can stay connected using the WNBF app. WNBF. Anything you want, you got we got it for you. you With the Binghamton Now program. You got it. Nine to noon, Monday through Friday. Warren and Sydney, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I want to thank you for taking my call and tell you that of all the talk shows I listen to, you guys are the best. And I know I don't always agree with you, but you guys are the best. But I love your format. Now, what do you think is keeping Nikki Haley around with the poll numbers in New Hampshire? And she's way behind in her own state where she was governor at one time. What is keeping her going? And, and what do you think uh, her future is going to be? Uh, one thing is the liberal media. The liberal media wants a horse race. Of course, the conservative media wants a horse race. Everybody who's in the media, the radio, the TV, uh, the Internet, everybody who covers politics doesn't want it to be over. So ultimately, remember John Belushi? He said something to the effect, it ain't over till we say it's over. Well, that's the position of the American media, the liberals and the conservatives. In the end, they want clicks, they want eyeballs, they want ears, and so we want a horse race. It honestly, honestly, it can't be over on January 22nd. We need more. We desperately need more because we need the cash to run these operations. These operations don't run themselves. These operations need huge stacks of cash so we want the horse race to continue. Okay, I'll go along with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's as good an explanation well, as any. It doesn't, doesn't have to be yeah. rooted in any, any sort of reality. Nobody said she has a chance. She doesn't have a chance. I'll, I'll be honest with you. She doesn't have a chance in Campville. You know, that's the bottom line. She doesn't have a chance in Campville unless something happens to uh, the leader in the race. And nothing's going to happen to him. He's going to slide in. He's, he's going to coast into the nomination. Because he's that good, that's why. And, and the no, was, not because he's, he's that good. You know, they used he, to, they, was, the, people, the people who used to dislike William Jefferson Clinton or even people who used to dislike Richard Milhouse Nixon, they had a, a, a nickname for those two uh, presidents those who were detractors, they would call him either Slick yeah. Willie or a Tricky Dicky. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and one could apply a similar 
a similar derogatory or unfortunate nickname to the former guy. He is just that good. You're right. He's that, that good at doing what he's doing. He's, he's one of the best self-promoters on the planet. I can't think of anybody right now except for Swift Taylor who is better at self-promotion. And she, look at her. Look at her. You know what? Yeah, yeah. She, she, she musically, okay. She can write songs. And the reason, the reason she is so popular, I think, among her adoring fans is because every time a relationship goes on the rock, she writes a song about it. I was talking last night with some people about the song she's going to write about the, this kid from uh, the NFL Corporation. Once that goes on the rocks, she's got a song. She's probably already got it written. You know, and, 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 um, and that's the secret to her success. She is a she is a wonderful uh, self promoter. She knows somebody at NBC and CBS who runs the control truck uh, at these sports events. So, you know, even though these sports events have nothing to do with her, she still manages to insert herself yeah. into proceedings that that don't involve her. So, in yep. so you know, who who's to say? Who's to say that the former guy won't name her as his running mate? And then he's going to, if the former guy names Swift Taylor, Taylor Swift, as his vice presidential candidate, he could easily, easily defeat the ticket of Biden-Harris by 25 million votes. I, I, I would like to see Huckabee be named vice Well... We'll see about that. I'm saying if he wants to be assured of winning by more than 10 million votes, he should choose Taylor Swift to be his VP candidate. That's, I think that's that's a smart, I'm not saying she's qualified, but she certainly is, is popular. And, yeah, yeah. and he, the former guy needs help. We already know he does very well with men. Uh, men love this guy. The, the Republican men are very much, very much in favor of this guy, and they want him to be the future guy. But he, where he yeah. needs where he needs more support, I'm not saying he doesn't have many women supporters already. He does. But where he needs more support is women. So if he makes Taylor Swift his vice presidential candidate, women, including Democrats and independents, are going to vote for the ticket even if they don't like the former guy. But, Bob, most of women, they're basing it all, and it's a shame that you're throwing your vote away due to the fact of abortion. And, and, and the, no, the Supreme Court did not take abortion away. All they did is kick it back to the individual state. Yeah, and it doesn't make a difference to people who live in states like New York or California where their rights are, are retained, but for... Women are, if you will, people who might become pregnant in other states where a new legislation's been passed. It infringes on their rights. So you're right. Uh, women voters in New York or California might not be that motivated to vote for the Democratic ticket. But I suspect women in some of the other states where new legislation has been passed since the Supreme Court ruling, I bet they might be compelled to vote for uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, even if they don't think they're such a hot, hot ticket after all. They, they, want, they want their rights back. 
And they, they don't like the fact that the Supreme Court took away their rights in some states. You're not going to like a candidate 100% very few times. There's always going to be something about a candidate that you're not going to like. But to, to waste your vote due to one item, abortion, not even look at the other broad picture, uh, I think is ridiculous. And I don't understand. And maybe that's why I'm not a woman. I was going to say that. I was going to say people like you and I can't really appreciate the issue. I'm not saying we can't have opinions about the issue, but we can't fully appreciate the issue because we're not people who can get pregnant. So people who can get pregnant think this is, in many cases, think this is a very, very big issue. Even if they're not in favor of abortion, they may be in favor of a person's right to choose. But putting food on a table, gas in your, your, your car, uh, heating your home, um, put your kid, you know, try and get your kid into college, what they're uh, doing with the school, you know, trying to indoctrinate the kids in school. All those things are big issues too. And I think, you know, just to throw it out for just one issue on abortion is very sad in my opinion. Well, maybe, but again, it's not like anybody put their hands on your body. Nobody is telling you what what you can do or what I can do. But, you know, I can understand where, where some people want the ability to make a tough decision. And even if, even if they would never make that decision for themselves, my guess is many women want to have that right. And they want their sisters or daughters, or mothers, or grandmothers to have a right. So, anyway, appreciate your call. It's a tough issue. And I would say more than half of the population understands it because more than half of the population in the U.S. women, I don't know what the percentage is, but men are in the minority. And yet, seems like men are running things. More calls coming up. On WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Increasing clouds today, high near 34. Mostly cloudy tonight, slight chance of snow, showers, low around 27. Tuesday, a mix of snow, showers, sleet, and possibly rain with a high near 35. Sub-freezing conditions and treacherous roadways contributed to dozens of deaths this month across the U.S., where states as far south as Texas and Florida remain gripped by deadly Arctic weather on Sunday. But the numbing cold is expected to ease up in the coming days. Memphis major utility provider says crews were making progress towards restoring water service over 24 hours to most of the 700,000 people the utility services. The utility says it has repaired 41 broken water mains and located more than 4,000 leaks at homes and businesses. 
National winter storms this month have claimed at least 72 lives around the U.S., many involving hypothermia or road accidents. According to the Broome County District Attorney, on January 12th, Craig Brigham of, Ye of Maine pleaded guilty to felony attempted robbery in the third degree. On August 1st of 2022, Brigham entered the Vestal Walmart, selected a backpack and miscellaneous merchandise when an employee attempted to retrieve the stolen merchandise. Brigham pulled out a small aerosol can and threatened to pepper spray the employee. Binghamton will be sentenced in Broome County Court on the 12th of April 2024 to one and a half to three years of indeterminate state imprisonment. On January 17th in Broome County Court, Karheem Felton of Binghamton pleaded guilty as a second felony offender to criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. On August 2nd of 2022, Felton opened fire at another individual at the Northside Deli on Shenango Street in Binghamton. Binghamton Police Department investigated the shooting and located the defendant attempting to flee the scene of the accident while in possession of the firearm. Fenton will be sentenced to nine years in prison and five years post-release supervision. Also on January 17th, in Broome County Court, Eric Dudley of Endicott pleaded guilty to criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. On September 7th of 2023, the Broome County Special Investigations Unit executed a search warrant at 12 Jefferson Avenue, Apartment 3 in the village of Endicott. Dudley was found to be in possession of 19 grams of cocaine and a loaded 45 caliber handgun. Dudley will be sentenced on the 17th of April to four years in prison and three years post-release supervision. A boarded-up motel near the Enjoy Golf Course continues to be an eyesore for people who live near the property in the town of Union. The Red Carpet Inn in West Endicott closed in 2018. The site at 749 West Main Street was sold to Rakesh Shroff of New Jersey for $325,000 the following year. Town, Uniontown Supervisor Robert Mack said the owner is paying his taxes and has been responsive when there have been security issues at the old motel. Mack told WNBF News there's not much the town can do as long as those things are happening. But the supervisor said it's a terrible eyesore and black eye to the community. Thousands of people who attend the Dick's Sporting Goods Open Golf Tournament every year are treated to the site of a boarded-up abandoned motel. Max said he has had several conversations with Broome County Executive Jason Garner about doing something there to deal with the blighted building. He said there's been discussion about the property possibly being purchased by the county so the motel could be torn down to make the site shovel-ready for a new project. Max said prospective developers have expressed an interest in the property for a townhouse or apartment project, but he said studies concluded it wouldn't be cost-effective to try to convert the place into long-term housing. Tioga State Bank is making strides in empowering students by recently opening its first student-run bank office at Spencer Van Etten High School. Located within the school premises, the Spencer Vatnetten Tioga State Bank student office is overseen by Jenna Gillette from the Spencer office. The student-run bank office is exclusively accessible to the students, faculty, and staff of Spencer Vatnetten High School. 
Susan Allen, Senior Vice President and Regional Retail Manager at Tioga State Bank, expressed how thrilled she and her team were to offer the Spencer Van Etten High School students, faculty, and staff a banking option within the walls of their school. She also pointed out that the bank gives students the opportunity to gain independence and the financial skills that they will need. To further engage the students and promote school spirit, Tioga State Bank collaborated with the Spencer, uh, Spencer Van Etten High School Art Department. Together they were hosting a student competition to design a joint logo. The collaboration not only encourages creativity and artistic expression, but also strengthens the partnership between Tioga State Bank and the school community. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Joseph live at 10.09. Another big hour coming at you. 607-772-1290. DJ in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Hey, is that fake caller that says he's from California? Is that Delaney from the Bud Light commercials? Because it sounded like him, her, they, or them. I don't know, um, but I, 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 would, I, would like to, I would like to be able to interview. If it was, I don't think it is, but what's the... What's the uh, artist name? The one that was selling the the beers, the Bud Lights. What's the what's the person's I handle? I think it was. I think it was. His name was. I don't know the handle. I thought it was Delaney or something. Okay. I don't know. Well, I want to get him on the line. Yeah, we should interview him. See if he's got any new gigs. See if uh, he's lined up any more gigs. You know, he to, got beat up. I heard he, he should. Um, you know, uh, the insurance company. There, there is an insurance company, and I won't name it. I want to protect their privacy because of HIPAA, but there is an insurance company that has employed for many years a Binghamton University graduate, but eventually they're going to need a new spokesperson, so maybe they could hire the guy who did the wonders for the Bud Light and put that guy on or the new insurance commercials and see how that goes. Bob, I wanted to say I want everybody to go to the dollar store and get some thank you notes and send them and call and write as much as you can, everybody listening, because the uh, shows this past weekend, the news shows, Meet the Depressed, The Face the Nation, George Stephan, all of us, all said, and you just had a thing on your news, that um, President Trump was losing to Ron DeSantis until Tush James and Alan Bragg uh, started indicting him. That's when the seven million came in. Yeah, that's why he's the only person on the planet who could be accused of criminality, who actually uh, becomes more popular. Usually, people accused of criminal behavior become less popular, and sometimes they're even disparaged. But he is uh, a very unusual case, and I think in future generations, researchers will try to study. What it was about this one person on the planet of 8 billion people, every time he's accused of more criminal conduct, he becomes more popular among his base. Thanks to those two, because they ran on, we're going to get him and, and all that. And I wanted to say, John from Binghamton, really? Eric Clapton, Slowhand, Stevie Ray Bond or whatever? you I got to be kidding me. 
You got a YouTube Michael Sweet from Striper, Dougie Douglas, our local uh, shredder guitarist on YouTube. They, uh, what are you talking about? Steve Vai from Yan- from Yankee Rose, from David Lee Roth, uh, from Kiss, Vinnie Vincent. What is he talking? Ingvay Melmstein from Alcatraz. What is he talking? And I just got rid of a pedal, and and a pedal doesn't make you a better. Try to people don't try to be a better player. The pedals just had had the effect. I just got rid of one. It's got nothing to do. Why do these people who don't know how to play guitar call up and say, the slowest players I know are Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eric He's Clapton. entitled to his Whoa. opinion. So what? It's an uh, opinion. Yeah. It's He's just like anything you say. It's your opinion. I don't Well, I don't criticize your opinion. I might disagree with it. Or if you express an opinion, I might ask you questions. You're entitled to your opinion. He's entitled to his opinion. These old school guys and they're new don't, to den- don't denigrate old school guys. You're talking. You're talking to an old school guy. Look, I'm proud of my old school. There's nothing wrong with my old school. I drove by it this morning. It's still standing after over a century. So what? I'm an old school guy. It's not a problem. You know, if you want to be a, a young whippersnapper and save the world and come up with great new music, or if you're an old school guy, if if you have an opinion about music, just say, I like music like this, and this is why. You don't have to criticize those who disagree. Ingvay Melstein from Alcatraz, man. Come on, man. Why, why is he naming Vinnie Vincent from Kiss? Who is it? Oh, my God. Anyway, all right. So what are you going to do? Bob, I know you're old school because I can tell by your bumper music. You play the neutered rock. Well, so? <laughs> you know what I say about that? So? when and, and I'll tell you what, DJ. When you get your own program, you play the music you want. So? I've, I've had two programs. In well, I, fine. Again, you know, so? If you don't like the music, turn the station. That's the beauty. In 2024, you must have at least an infinite number of alternatives if you don't like what I'm doing. Everybody can listen. I, I'm not. I just came out of secular rock, so I'm not going to turn the station. But I just, I start. To, I sing my own music. That I hey, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. I'm not criticizing you. There's no need to take pot shots at. Binghamton's best talk show host. I'm not criticizing, and it's not a pot shot. I'm saying, know what you're talking about when you call up a station and you name guitarist. Hey, he's offering an opinion. Get over it, man. That's John's opinion. You have an opinion. Hey, he knows a lot about music from a certain era, a lot more than you or I know, and you know a lot more about certain types of music than he knows. That's a given. We all have our specialties. I've been playing since I was 13, so that's where I come from. I'm not mad at him. Well, then get over it, man. If if you want to talk about a type of music you like, but just because he expressed an opinion that's at odds with yours, it doesn't mean his opinion's wrong. No. It means both of you have different opinions to be celebrated, to be cherished. It's not that I'm an odd. You need the YouTube Michael Sweet from Stripers. Oh. You know, everything was going well. 
Everything was going well. Everybody was getting along. Did you notice? Everybody, for the first hour and eight minutes, everyone was getting along. It felt like Rodney King's advice to each of us had finally taken hold for an entire week. Because we're respecting each other's opinions. John has an opinion. DJ has an opinion. I have an opinion. Bob from Vestal has an opinion. Warren from Sydney has an opinion. Scotty from Northern California has an opinion. Dave from Vestal has an opinion. Hey, we all have opinions, so... If you have a different opinion, express your opinion. Don't say someone else is wrong. No, no one's opinion is wrong. 1017 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your opinion? <laughs> it's, it's me. It's Dave oh, again from oh, Vestal. Dave from Vestal. Am I right, though? Everyone has an opinion. You, you, you are right. You are right, Bob. And I had to call back because this is right up my alley in the... Yeah, you know, John wasn't talking about speed, Bob. He's talking about the actual gift of being able to play guitar and to play it real good. And, and the names he mentioned, you know, I had I got to I got to mention a couple of them. I'm glad he brought them up, Bob. Rory Gallagher. If you never heard him, if you don't have any of his stuff, get some. Play it. It's great. And, and Terry Cassie mentioned. Now. Hendrix looked up to him when Hendrix was asked, who's the best guitar player? He said, Terry Cass. Guy's phenomenal. Of course, he died. But, you know, there's other guys from that era before, because I know what John's talking about, the, the electronics, getting involved there, changing it, and, and making guys sound great. Like that Boston, Boston album, that, that one will live forever. But yeah, the, the guy who played guitar in that group, he, he was a studio musician. Um, one of the greatest vocalists I've, I've ever heard as far as range, Brad Delp in that group. Now that guy, he, he was outstanding. But Bob, throw these guys in. Uh, Johnny Winter before the electronic. Oh, Tiny Tim. Oh, Tiny oh, yeah. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Tiptoe through the, through the, you know. The, That's what I'm uh, saying. Yeah, you know, so yeah. go. Mm -hmm. All I can say when it comes to music, everybody has a preference. Some people yeah. like certain types of songs a lot, and some people like certain types of songs not at all, and that's okay. That's why the only thing I know about the human condition is humans will keep making music, and humans will continue having some original sounding music and humans will continue to have a lot of music that they may pass off as their own but it'll sound very much like stuff that's come before original ideas in music are difficult not impossible but these days you know here we are 2024 to come up with something either lyrically or musically that's never been done before is very difficult but that's okay. You know, some people say, well, he appropriated that from the Beatles or she appropriated something from something else or sampled this or sampled that. So, you know, it's whether it's music or anything else in, in human endeavors, we all build on stuff that's come before us. Bob, before I go, throw Robin Trower in there and also... Underrated guy to me. He's never mentioned when we talk guitarist, but Joe Walsh was somewhat of a genius. 
I think. I think he was very good as well. I, but thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm not, I know what I like, and some music I really like, some music I don't really like, but hey, that's, that's fine. It's like everyone else. We all have our, our particular tastes, and that can apply to food or anything else, or books, TV shows, even talk shows. Some people dislike this program. And they're entitled to their opinion. This could be, in the opinion of some viewers, the worst radio talk show ever. And it's their opinion. I'm not going to say you're wrong. And those who might call in and say, this is the best radio show in the history of the medium. That's your opinion. And it certainly might help me from an ego standpoint. It's your opinion. Some like it, some don't. Today, based on the first hour and 15 minutes, I actually, I actually like today's program. But then again, we're not even at the halfway point. Who knows? A program that actually sounds pretty good right now, maybe suddenly it'll take a nasty turn after these important messages on WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Weather from the U.S. Weather Bureau. Increasing clouds today, I-34. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 27. Tomorrow, cloudy snow showers and sleet. A bread and milk day, I-35. Cloudy Wednesday, rain likely, I-42. Right now in downtown Binghamton, officially, it's 19. Ten twenty-four with Bob Joseph at WNBF. We go back to Vestal. Robert, you're on the air. Talk about a subject I know about. I've been a music freak since I was ten years old. Well, that's why I'm allowing you to call back in because you are one of the foremost experts. So, what do you think based on what we're uh, hearing so far this Monday morning? I just heard Dave mention some good guitarists, but nobody's mentioned Leslie West and Mountain. If you get Nantucket sleigh ride or mountain climbing, you will be amazed how good Leslie West was. Three-man band, and they made the noise. It was just, oh, my goodness, this guy. So clear and crisp, his guitar. And uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Mike Campbell. That guy's excellent, too. Tom didn't let him go crazy. Like He probably should have let Mike have more lead, but when he does, that guy's unbelievable, too. But, yeah, I love guitar. Eric Clapton, I'm telling you, that guy, you still watch him at his age, and he's just as good as he was. Unbelievable. All right. All he's right. 70-some years old. I know. He's still... He serves as an inspiration to all of us. Yeah, Clapton, I mean, I can't believe he's still... He's been through... Uh, 
a lot in his life craziness, which he probably should have been dead, but the man is, he's almost, I think he's 80, 79, he's really close. But yeah, this is a subject I could talk about all day, you know. All right, well, I appreciate your popping back in. Okay, thanks. Yep, it's 1026 WNBF, the station that cares about everyone, each person on the planet, all 8 billion, we care about you. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. You're, uh, what's um, what's your first name and where are you calling from? Uh, it's Dave. I'm calling from Owego. Morning, Dave. Morning, Bob. Hey, uh, just uh, by chance, have you had the chance to hear Johnny Cass's grandson sing? I have not. Uh, it's like uh, Johnny being resurrected. It's unbelievable. If you ever get the chance, uh, look him up on YouTube. Oh, I uh, will. How about how old is he? Uh, I want to say he's uh, he's in his thirties, maybe early forties. But uh, he sang a Folsom Prison song, Johnny's uh, his grandfather's song, and it's unbelievable. So, all right, yeah. Thanks for the suggestion. Hey, uh, are you still in the village of Owego now? I am. I'm just coming uh, just coming up to West Ave, uh, North Ave. I love that. West Ave, I was just there yesterday. West Ave and North Ave, and I think it's great. You know, that shows you that they they tried to treat every direction equally. I love that intersection. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, just uh, real quick, how come nobody's uh, mentioned Eddie Van Halen, one of the greatest of all time? Excellent point. That's an excellent point. I'm surprised his name hasn't come up. Uh, yeah, so, a great hey, joke, Okay, and uh, let me know if you see anybody around that big strawberry over there. If you see anybody over on the near the Susquehanna River on Front Street near the big strawberry, you you give me a call. You got it, buddy. I will. Thank you. It's ten twenty eight WNBF. Uh, about a week ago, I, it was snowing there in a wee go, and so I thought, well, what better time to do one of those fun videos that we post on Twitter? And so it's snowing, and I'm right next to the big strawberry. They call it BS in Owego. The big strawberry on Front Street. And um, I said, man, I'm paraphrasing. I didn't actually say man, but I did say something to the effect, gee, I can't wait. I can't wait because in about four months will be time for the strawberry festivals. And that every time I drive by, the big strawberry... We goes BS, the big strawberry on Front Street. I say, why can't every village have something like this? How come Endicott doesn't have a fruit-like symbol? Or Johnson City? Or Whitney Point? Or Windsor? How come Owego is the only village that has an official fruit? Think about it. Think about it. If you live in a village, I mean, Owego already, we know, has designated a wee, uh, the strawberry as its official fruit. But say if you live in Endicott or Johnson City or any other village, Deposit, Windsor, Candor, Whitney Point, how come your village doesn't have an official fruit? You might want to ask that of your local officials. 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph having a lovely time. Having a lovely time here at WNBF.
following is an official announcement. Are you a local business that will be hiring this winter and spring? We're here to help you. Find the people that you're looking for. Your local Binghamton area Town Square media radio stations are holding our next job fair on Tuesday, January 30th from 11 until 2 at the Broome County Regional Farmers Market. Reserve your booth now by calling Mary Beth Walsh at Town Square Media, Binghamton, 607-772-8400. That's Tuesday, January 30th at the Broome County Regional Farmers Market on Upper Front Street in Binghamton. Let us help you find your next great employees. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. This is Binghamton Now. Ten thirty-three at the Big End with Bob Joseph. Back to the phones we go. 607-772-1290. Call in and win airtime on your favorite radio station. Beverly in the town of Dickinson. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. What did you think about the game last night? Fantastic. Fantastic game. Yeah, yeah they did a good job. Uh, both teams did a good job, but but uh, unfortunately, Kansas won. Well, it was uh, preordained. Uh, I'm not allowed, of course, on the air to say it was rigged, so I won't. Nah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I I can't say that on the air. I would never, no. never even no. insinuate that it's rigged. No, but they but they had a lot of fun. No, we sat here and watched it. Did you see uh, that one kid? He lost his shirt. He was um, it was like the kid on that Boeing seven thirty seven Max nine. The kid yeah. lost his shirt, and it it was almost. I was afraid that maybe maybe a, a door had blown off the stadium because the the guy was was shirtless, and I was really scared for him. Yeah, I believe it. What was his deal, by the way? I, I mean, I understand you're you're in the stadium, and for some reason, probably because of the wind, or or maybe somebody didn't put enough bolts on the on the door in your luxury box. But the door blows off, you lose your shirt. Shouldn't you just sit down, or maybe ask the uh, game attendant for another shirt? Yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> you know, I was glad that um, that. Uh, um, there was somebody else there sitting with him. I, I was glad that it didn't happen to her because that would have been that would have been it's trouble. That would have been trouble for the network. You know, CBS oh, already yeah. had that kind of trouble a few years back when they were operating the NFL show. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, what happened to uh, to uh, to Bill Flynn yesterday? Uh, uh, he was on the radio, then all of a sudden he wasn't, and he come back and he said there was ice someplace on the wires. Oh, well, I, I didn't uh, actually hear about it, but they might have had some kind of, um, you know what happens sometimes in the winter? Sometimes ice, the uh, transmission tower or the lines up at uh, Broadcast Hill 
south of the city of Binghamton, sometimes uh, ice gets on the lines, and, and so it can affect the, the broadcast. Well, I got to go buy a new radio, because after 40 years, this one burned out. My sister had it for a long time. How did it burn out? I don't know. Probably too old. What is it, one of those Apple radios? No. I oh, it couldn't be an Apple radio. It lasted 40 years. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I, I, I cracked myself she, up. I don't know where she I don't know where she got it at. I think she got it at Kmart many, many years ago. Yeah, you should go back there and see if they have any radios left on the shelf. No, I don't think they do. No. You know, I have a radio. I have a dream. I have a dream that every American would have a radio. But um, in all seriousness, I have a radio that my a dearly departed mother gave me uh, for Christmas. Christmas 1970. Wow. And it still has. I, I was uh, a little kid at the time, as you might imagine. And she gave me this clock radio. And I think also that Christmas she gave me a label maker. So I'm busy using those little labels, the Avery label maker. And I think the first label I made with my label maker was 12-25-1970. And I put it on the back of that radio. And you know what? That clock radio, even though it's now 50, more than 53 years old, it still works. Yeah, well, something must have happened to it, Bob. I, I mean, I checked it all out. I mean, I can get WN, w, yeah, FM radio, but I can't get the I can't get the, the AM radio. Hmm. So I mean, I can get the one. I can get the FM radio part, but not the not the AM. So I gotta go. I'm gonna go and buy a new one. They got them down at Walmart. Oh, that's good. I heard they have good radios. Hopefully, if you buy one at Walmart, I bet it will last at least 50 years. Well, I uh, they also have them for the same price on Amazon, too. But I wouldn't, time is, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do business with that site because I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer that site will be in business. If I were you, I would go to an actual store so you could actually see the thing you're buying. And, and you don't have to wait. The thing with the Amazon, when you order from the Amazon, you have to wait for it to actually be delivered. Then you have to worry about some clown coming down your street and taking your stuff. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I got, a cam I got cameras all over my house. My, da my daughter got them for me. I have my own. Uh, it's where, you know, because, you know, Bob, you never know, you never know who's out there. Did you hear? Did you hear in Canada? They said they told the police in Canada told people if you get a video of someone stealing your stuff off your stoop or porch or whatever, say I guess they call them the porch pirates. If you get a picture, a video from your cameras, you're not supposed to put it on uh, Twitter or on Facebook. Did you hear that? No, oh, you can you can give it to the. You know, you can get, they can give it to the police, though. Yeah, but the police said that you can't put video of some guy stealing your stuff. Don't you think that's weird that they want to protect the guy who stole your stuff? It sure is. What kind of a country would do that? What if they did that in the USA and said 
that if I get a video of someone stealing my stuff and I put it on Twitter, that I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, well, my my secu- my security system's hooked up to my cell phone, so so I can um, anyone comes up and rings the doorbell, I can see who they are, and if I don't want to let them in, I ain't. Okay, well, you know, so but you know, I just just wanted to talk about the about the game. Yeah, I thought there's it. W- I thought it. Them, there's six of them going to be in the. Uh, what is there? Six of them that's uh, that's up for the Super Bowl. So, do you think they're going to have it on TV this year, or is it only going to be on streaming? Because somebody somebody said the NFL ultimately wants to uh, put all their games on streaming so they can make yeah, more then money. Yeah, you have to pay for them, don't you? Yeah, that's what they, they did. Was, they, was it a week or two ago? They actually ran an NFL game, and you couldn't get it on regular TV. You had to uh, sign up for a streaming service. That's expensive, ain't it? Yeah, it sounds like, sounds like NFL has gotten too big for its britches. Right? You got it right. Bob. All right. I'm here for you. Okay. Have a good day, sweetie. Thanks. 1041 WNBF. I, you know, NFL, I mean, you know, they're a company. They need to make money. I get it. We all need to make money, but the NFL is like, um, I'm told, I don't quite understand it myself, but I'm told by some people it's tantamount to a national religion in some circles. And so, you know, when you start charging for every service, you know, they have their weekly service. I guess runs three or four hours. And they're going to stream it. And you have to sign up to a streaming service to see what used to be available for free. I don't know. There's something going on in America. And I aim to find out. 607-772-1290. Coming up later today, Dan Bongino. He's on from noon to 3 here at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And always available on the free WNBF app. Forty-six. Go and make your own kind of music," said the guy who got bored in the elevator. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. How's it going there? <laughs> WNBF.com has the stories you need about the stuff that's going on around here. I got a couple of. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of uh, interesting stories I plan to 
uh, published this afternoon. So if you're interested in stuff that's happening around here, I strongly encourage you to check out WNBF.com. Ah, you never know. Seriously, you just never know what you're going to find at WNBF.com. Original reporting, of course, and oh, so much more. Here's one story that we covered, we talked about actually here at the station on the program, Binghamton now last week. The delightful, legendary, and historic Red Carpet Inn, <laughs> West Main Street in Endicott. And um, it truly is a remarkable edifice. It truly is. And the questions you have to ask yourself, how much longer, how much longer are we going to be subjected to the visual blight? That <laughs> is the old Red Carpet Inn. We talked about it uh, briefly with the Town of Union Supervisor Robert Mack. And I, I think the place has potential. See, that's, that's the thing. And a guy from New Jersey bought the place in 2019 for $325,000. So he obviously had $325,000 and a dream for the Red Carpet Inn on West Main Street. But here we are nearly five years later and not a darn thing seems to have been done with the place. In fact, it and excuse my language, but it appears to be an attractive nuisance. So it sits there. It's 749 West Main Street across the street from one of the best golf courses in upstate America. And think about it. Every year. Every year. It's almost like clockwork. They hold a big tournament. Lots of people come to town. Everybody is happy. And sometimes they pack in. What do they usually get for the, the concert? 100,000 people, 200,000. I don't know how many people they're going to have at the concert this year. But lots of people show up. They have the big concert for the uh, golf tournament. I think they call it golf stock. It's like, it's like Woodstock without the mud. So everybody goes to the concert, but ac across the street, everybody's listening to, uh, what is it, um, who, is, who is the kid who couldn't even be bothered to get on his jet in New Jersey? Remember that one guy? The concert was supposed to start at 9 o'clock. I don't even think he got on his jet from New Jersey until the concert time. So we're all sitting out there or standing out there saying, come on, man. But anyway, so people go to the concert, and we're having a good time. But you look across the street, and you say, what is the story about the Red Carpet Inn? There must be a story about why they won't fix it up or tear it down or, I don't know, do something. Don't they have any ARPA money? Somebody, find some ARPA money, whether it's the county or the town. Find me some ARPA money and do something. Fix it. Anyway, you could see the delightfulness of the Red Carpet Inn. Uh, it truly is the shame of West Endicott, and it's on our website, WNBF.com. Um, it's a terrible, terrible eyesore. And yet there it stands. How many more decades will it stand there before it finally tumbles down or before some kids come and burn it down? Remember that one time some kids broke in and they tried to burn the place down?
Fortunately, fast action by the West Endicott Fire Department put out the blaze, and so now the place still stands. But what if you're running the school right next door, the, the beautiful school, Charles F. Johnson Elementary School? What if you're running that school? What do you tell kids? Well, sorry you have to look at the Red Roof Inn. Trust me, when it was built, it was lovely. It's no wonder kids are not doing as well as they could when they see that. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bill, and I'm on my way to Johnson City, Bob. How are you? I am well. Wait, don't you live uh, on the east side? I live on the east side. I've been <laughs> here many times. Yeah, but I'm on my way to look at that. Uh, I heard there was not not said a lot in the paper. That's an oxymoron. About the demolition of the chapel at Calvary Cemetery. Well, we covered the story. We're the ones who broke the story you about when, the story. Yeah, when they, yeah, they I, tore it down. Yeah, you know, and that has been there. Like you said, you mentioned the motel was a landmark. Well, obviously, that was a landmark for years to the entrance of Calvary Cemetery. And uh, too many of my relatives who passed on during the winter months because the ground was frozen, that is where the casket remained until the ground thawed in the spring. And... Uh, it was really uh, a beautiful chapel, and if, if that was in Syracuse, I bet my bottom dollar that Syracuse Diocese would put the money into the repairs needed. But uh, there was uh, no publicity about the possibility that it's going to be tearing down. Uh, they're right now, uh, they're in the middle of the uh, the Hope Appeal, which was going to be a one-shot deal, and now they're in the 32nd year of the Hope Appeal. Uh and, and people need need that money, but uh, to tear down that uh, beautiful landmark, I, I thought, without even looking at some pricing and going through the possibilities of repair, I, I think really was a disjustice to to that cemetery. Well, the um, operations manager told me that they indeed they had it looked into, and the estimates were very high that it could cost nearly a million dollars to do the type of repair work that was needed because there were problems, um, I think, with the electricity and heat and roof. So, you know, the exact amount is unclear, but they did do some research to try to figure out how much it would, would cost. And ultimately, the cemetery board approved the demolition because they didn't think it was going to be feasible to spend that much money. And even after the money was spent, to make the necessary repairs, there would be an ongoing cost uh, to, you know, properly maintain it. But it is yeah. sad because I'm looking at it. Um, it was built 101 years ago. It was built in yeah. 1923. And I last May 31st, I went out there and took pictures and video. So at least we do have some things to remember it. Remember. Yeah, but, but it is, you know, it is a loss. And every time that I went into the cemetery, whether it was in the winter or in the summer, of course, that was the first thing you would see as you entered off Harry L. Drive, and, and it is just, it was, a, it was a marvelous, marvelous structure. And, and the, the gentleman that runs the cemetery does, does a great job. He really does. He does. Uh, he does. He, and he, I, he, yeah, he, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, oh, uh, no you know, question. And it's, it's, uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a very big cemetery, and it requires a, a lot of work year-round to, to properly maintain everything. And, and it's getting bigger. They're buying more and more land uh, up above.
But uh, I wonder if that uh, structure fell under like a historical artifact and uh, would have to get the historical society's approval to demolish it. I just wondered if that was would fall within that category. Well, I don't know. But in, Johnson, know. in Johnson City, the way I believe things are set up in the village of Johnson City, I don't believe that to be the case, but I would say if the same type of chapel was in the city of Binghamton and a decision was made by the operators of a cemetery that they wanted to demolish a chapel, a stone chapel that had been around for a century, I, I do think they'd have to get some kind of approval in the city from say the cod or or somebody i don't i don't think they could do it in the city of binghamton the same the same way it was done in johnson city but i'm not sure that's just that's sort of a a guess well i'm sure they have a game plan to or what to do with yeah. the uh uh the coffins uh during the winter yeah uh, where they're going to store them I'm yeah sure I'm, I'm sure they had to yeah ad address the logistics of of not being able to to use the chapel. It's a shame. It's a shame yeah. that the chapel had not been, uh, as, as he told me, uh, Randy Ramey told me that it had been more than 25 years since any services were held in the chapel. So I didn't realize it had been that long. Well, uh, like you said, I, you know, if, if you're a homeowner, you, you take care of things so it does not get into disarray. And that was probably the case there, that because it wasn't used for so many years, um, they just didn't put any money. The diocese didn't put any money into any upgrades. But it's sad. It's down, but it did serve its purpose for, like you said, 101 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Have a good day. Thank you, Bill. It's uh, 1057. This is Bob Joseph. Yes, we don't record the program in advance, and we don't bring in some guy via satellite who knows nothing about Binghamton. We've got... Somebody who was born in Binghamton who actually understands a few things about what goes on around here. News coming up and then another hour of your calls right here on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Increasing clouds today, high near 34. Mostly cloudy tonight, slight chance of snow, showers, low around 27. Tuesday, a mix of snow, showers, sleet, and possibly rain with a high near 35. Some freezing conditions and treacherous roadways contributed to dozens of deaths this month across the U.S., where states as far south as Texas and Florida remain gripped by deadly Arctic weather on Sunday. But the numbing cold is expected to ease up in the coming days. Memphis major utility provider says crews were making progress towards restoring water service over 24 hours to most of the 700,000 people the utility services. The utility says it has repaired 41 broken water mains and located more than 4,000 leaks at homes and businesses. National winter storms this month have claimed at least 72 lives around the U.S., many involving hypothermia or road accidents. 
According to the Broome County District Attorney, on January 12th, Craig Brigham of, Ye- of Maine pleaded guilty to felony attempted robbery in the third degree. On August 1st of 2022, Brigham entered the Vestal Walmart, selected a backpack and miscellaneous merchandise when an employee attempted to retrieve the stolen merchandise. Brigham pulled out a small aerosol can and threatened to pepper spray the employee. Binghamton will be sentenced in Broome County Court on the 12th of April 2024 to one and a half to three years of indeterminate state imprisonment. On January 17th in Broome County Court, Karheem Felton of Binghamton pleaded guilty as a second felony offender to criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. On August 2nd of 2022, Felton opened fire at another individual at the Northside Deli on Shenango Street in Binghamton. Binghamton Police Department investigated the shooting and located the defendant attempting to flee the scene of the accident while in possession of the firearm. Fenton will be sentenced to nine years in prison and five years post-release supervision. Also on January 17th, in Broome County Court, Eric Dudley of Endicott pleaded guilty to criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. On September 7th of 2023, the Broome County Special Investigations Unit executed a search warrant at 12 Jefferson Avenue, Apartment 3 in the village of Endicott. Dudley was found to be in possession of 19 grams of cocaine and a loaded 45 caliber handgun. Dudley will be sentenced on the 17th of April to four years in prison and three years post-release supervision. A boarded-up motel near the Enjoy Golf Course continues to be an eyesore for people who live near the property in the town of Union. The Red Carpet Inn in West Endicott closed in 2018. The site at 749 West Main Street was sold to Rakesh Shroff of New Jersey for $325,000 the following year. Town Uniontown Supervisor Robert Mack said the owner is paying his taxes and has been responsive when there have been security issues at the old motel. Mack told WNBF News there's not much the town can do as long as those things are happening. But the supervisor said it's a terrible eyesore and black eye to the community. Thousands of people who attend the Dick's Sporting Goods Open Golf Tournament every year are treated to the site of a boarded-up abandoned motel. Max said he has had several conversations with Broome County Executive Jason Garner about doing something there to deal with the blighted building. He said there's been discussion about the property possibly being purchased by the county so the motel could be torn down to make the site shovel-ready for a new project. Max said prospective developers have expressed an interest in the property for a townhouse or apartment project, but he said studies concluded it wouldn't be cost-effective to try to convert the place into long-term housing. Tioga State Bank is making strides in empowering students by recently opening its first student-run bank office at Spencer Van Etten High School. Located within the school premises, the Spencer Vatnetten Tioga State Bank student office is overseen by Jenna Gillette from the Spencer office. The student-run bank office is exclusively accessible to the students, faculty, and staff of Spencer Vatnetten High School. Susan Allen, Senior Vice President and Regional Retail Manager at Tioga State Bank, expressed how thrilled she and her team were to offer the Spencer Van Etten High School students, faculty, and staff a banking option within the walls of their school. She also pointed out that the bank gives students the opportunity to gain independence and the financial skills that they will need. 
To further engage the students and promote school spirit, Tioga State Bank collaborated with the Spencer, uh, Spencer Van Etten High School Art Department. Together, they were hosting a student competition to design a joint logo. The collaboration not only encourages creativity and artistic expression, but also strengthens the partnership between Tioga State Bank and the school community. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph live in living color. 1290 AM, 92 1 FM. Streaming at WNBF.com. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. What is your opinion? No, I mean really. What is your opinion about music or whatever? Call in. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight, losing my religion. It's Monday morning, and uh, top of the morning at you. Temperatures are going to moderate later this week, so the uh, the bitter cold weather will become just a bitter memory by Thursday or Friday with temperatures soaring into the 50s and then rain and then, of course, the specter of flooding. The specter of flooding. I have no idea if there's really going to be flooding, but it seems... Uh, no matter what happens, there's a specter of something. So if you believe in the people who market weather, there will be a, a specter of some kind of thing to worry about. And ultimately, another reason to buy more bread and more milk. Um, right now, it's, uh, I guess, relatively calm. And on the chilly side. Uh, the chilly side of the street here. It's 20 right now in downtown Binghamton. So we're on the chilly side of the street. However, by uh, Friday, the temperature will soar into the 50s. So, yes, with showers. Yeah, <laughs> with showers. So uh, does that mean with temperatures in the 40s and 50s later this week, does that mean uh, if we have rain and showers that there will be flooding? I don't know. I don't know. Never went to weather school. Couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford to go to Penn State. Well, I could have afforded to go to Oswego, but trust me. Trust me. As much as I love the weather, as much as I at one point was giving some consideration to um, career in meteorology, I, I would never probably survive four years at Oswego. Not, not because the curriculum is that difficult, just because the weather I mean, look what happened to Al Roker. And that's a good case in point. You know, Al Roker had a choice. <laughs> when he was a young lad contemplating his life, 
he had a choice. Which school did he want to go to to learn about weather? He had a choice. He could have gone to Penn State, where the cool people go, or he could have gone to Oswego. And you know the rest of the story. He wound up. He wound up going to Oswego. So that says a lot. And then, of course, he became one of the most successful weather people ever. Here's something you didn't know about Al Roker, probably. Al Roker worked as the weather guy at Channel 5 in Syracuse. That's right. When he was enrolled at SUNY Oswego, he was the weather guy. He also was a DJ at the campus radio station. So there. 1113 WNBF with Bob Joseph. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Jim in Binghamton. Morning, Jim. Just wanted to mention that um, Jimi Hendrix told the media and his friends that the best guitar player he ever heard was Terry Kath. Oh, really? And you know who Terry was, right? No, I don't. I should, he but played, I, I'm he, not immediately identifying. He played guitar with Chicago. Oh, well, then, yes, now I know, but I, sorry, for momentarily, I I forgot. But, so Jimmy he Hendrix. Died in, he died in 1978, Terry. Oh, okay. Now I'm looking it up because, okay, no, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. Yeah, he died in, uh, actually, are you still there? Yes. So he died almost exactly 46 years ago. He died on January 23rd, 1978. Right. Okay. Thank you. I, Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's interesting. Terry Kath, singer-songwriter, best known as, the found, as a founding member of Chicago. I always wanted to call them Chicago Transit Authority, but I guess I guess they are known as Chicago. Not heavy Chicago, regular Chicago. He played lead guitar and sang lead vocals on many of the band's early hit singles, alongside Robert Lamb and Peter Cetera. And huh. He was only 31 when he died. Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. 31 years old. Let's see. Oh. No, I'm paging down on Wikipedia. Again, I identify the source, so uh, I know many people have a really dim view about Wikipedia, and I'm not saying it's the be-all and end-all for your informational needs, but suffice it to say, much of the information on Wikipedia has tended to be accurate. So... What happened? What happened? January 23rd, 1978. So not only did he like drugs, including alcohol, he enjoyed target shooting. So it says by early 1978, Kath was regularly carrying guns. 
So, at about 5 p.m. on Monday, January 23rd, 1978, after a party at the home of a roadie and band technician in California, he began to play with his guns. Well, that's never a good thing, to be playing with your guns. He spun his unloaded 38 revolver on his finger, put it to his temple. Well, all right. So he died eight days before his 32nd birthday. So let that be a lesson. Don't play with guns. If you have guns, first, if you're going to get a gun, learn about guns and become familiar with the instrument. And then whatever you do, don't play with them. Never play with guns. I don't care if you're six years old or 66 years old. Don't play with guns. So anyway, that's the tragic story of Terry Kath from Chicago. I didn't, didn't realize, but there you go. As they say, you mess around and then you find out. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph on your side. Binghamton now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. WNBF, not a toy or a puppet on a string. An actual announcer who so far has not been replaced by the magic of AI. <laughs> but stay tuned. Stay tuned. They're working on it. I don't have proof they're working on it. You just have to figure any, any company that has any employees left, they must be working on AI because... With the promise of AI providing superior contents at a much more affordable cost. I mean, if you ran a company, wouldn't you replace all your people with AI? I know a few companies <laughs> look like they've already done that. But I won't point fingers or cast aspersions. 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph, your call is important to me, and that's why when you call, I personally will answer it. I agree. It's kind of hard to believe. Here's the forecast. Increasing clouds today, 34, mostly cloudy tonight. Slight chance of snow, low 28. Tomorrow, cloudy, snow showers, freezing rain and sleet in the morning. Then... Snow showers mixed with rain in the afternoon, high 35. Snow and sleet accumulation tomorrow, less than a half inch. 
And for Wednesday, cloudy with a chance of rain, high 42. Temperatures will continue to rise Thursday, 48. Friday, 52. And then they will slide back a little bit for the weekend. But still, according to the current forecast, still uh, temperatures in the weekend will be in the upper 30s to low 40s. So our long national nightmare of below zero wind chills, I guess, is going to come to an end in a few days. Right now it's 23 here in downtown Binghamton, WNBF, WNBF.com. Let's take a look at the mailbag, courtesy of Al Gore's internet. Let's uh, see what the... See what people are saying. Oh, Tim writes, Tim from Endicott, just to clarify, Terry Kath was killed by a self-inflicted gunshot, but it was an accident. He removed the clip from the gun but forgot that there was a single round in the chamber and jokingly held it to his own head, thinking it was safe, and pulled the trigger. You made it sound like he purposely killed himself. Yeah, well, at the point where I got in, into the Wikipedia article about him playing with guns and found that that was the cause of death, I didn't want to go any further. But So that's what happens. I'm just saying, it's, it's tragic. Whether it was accidental or intentional, he was killed because he was playing with guns. So... As, as I think I mentioned, at age 31, you know, how much more did Terry Kath have to give musically and otherwise? And then he ended it, playing with a gun. Um, and Tim also writes, Wikipedia is editable so anyone can type in anything they want. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I prefaced what I said about where I was getting the information. I know. I know about Wikipedia. And I I will say, Wikipedia contains a lot of useful information and there are Wikipedia vandals who sometimes do their best to make uh, a somewhat valuable service to, to wreck it for, for the good people like you and me. 1125 at WNBF. Oh, by the way, if you're a politician and you're endorsed by someone in your own party, <laughs> well, that's good. That's good for you, but you don't have to tell me about it. If, For example, if you're a Democrat and another Democrat endorses you, no need to tell me about it because I would expect that. I've got some elected officials who send me notices Oh, look at me. Look at me. I've been endorsed by other members of my party. And I'm thinking, well, good. I, the bigger story, though, when you get an endorsement from somebody in another party, that becomes news. Ah. Jesse in Owego writes about the... <laughs> <laughs> the strawberry. The BS in Owego, the big strawberry. You could not have said it better. There, There's a ton of BS going on here. 
in the smallest and coolest village in the country. I might as well set up camp by that strawberry. <laughs> I'm surprised people don't. Alan from Binghamton writes about radio, radios that actually last. As I say, and I think you know my personal experience with technology. I, I love technology. I embrace new technology. But the one thing I can tell you about new technology is the kids that come up with the new technology, they bake into the new technology things so it won't last. So whether, say you buy a brand new phone today, you shell out a thousand bucks or more for a brand new phone, the people who made it have gone to great lengths to see to it that you'll feel some sort of crazy need to replace it in about two years or less. Whereas Alan from Binghamton writes about this radio that his kids gave him in the 80s. Best present ever. It's a nice radio. I even took it to the repair shop on Clinton Street to get it fixed. It cost more to fix than it was worth. But again, that's back when stuff was made to last. Not like stuff now, whether it's a radio or a phone or a car. Well, we're not going to make it to last, no. Why make it to last? We want to make it so it lasts just long enough to keep working just three months beyond the warranty. That's what the, the company that made my laptop did. It's like you shell out huge stacks of money for a great laptop and it works for 15 and a half months. And it's like, and then you go up to Syracuse to have uh, their expert fix it <laughs> and he looks at you after 20 minutes and says, well, we could try to fix it, but that would cost $1,200 and anyway, I can't guarantee it would work, so. Technology. 1129, let's take another call. Hi. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Yeah, is the caller there? Uh, this is Dan. Binghamton. Yeah, what's up, Dan? Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, I've been trying to figure out, you know, Trump, like Trump's sister said, the psychiatrist is. Everything he gets involved with, he goofs up, right? You know, he got thrown out of the White House the whole bit. And now I, I really see what he's doing. He's trying to sabotage the Republican Party completely. And and he's doing, you know, he's running everybody out of it. And he'll do that, too. I just uh, wondered if anyone else shared that opinion or thought that, got that slant on it. But uh, oh, at any rate. Yeah. Well, his sister, yeah, she said... If I may, and I, I apologize if this... Are you sensitive? Are you one of the more sensitive viewers? No, no, not at all. Okay, not so all. they caught... They got a tape of his sister, and this is what she said on the tape. And I I do want to point out right at the start here, this is from the tape. So yeah. some, some of our listeners are going to be uh, upset. Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Well, turns out there are tapes. And his sister, Marianne, and she said on tape, all he wants to do is appeal to his base. He has no principles, none. 
none and his base. I mean, yeah. if, if you were a religious person, you want to help people, not do this. That's that's how his older sister was so. She used some strong language. I would never use this kind of strong language to refer to the former guy. But she said something about his tweet and line. I'm talking too freely, but you know, the change of stories, the lack of preparation, the lying, holy bleep. She used some harsh language about her brother. Yeah. Yeah, he's alienating himself. And that's what he's good at. You know, he, he just he wants a lot of attention. But he'll go anywhere, do anything, say anything. They had to tell him to shut up in court the other day. You know, it, it just any kind of attention will do. You know, that's why then, that's why I think he was looking forward to testifying today. The court session got called off because it sounds like a juror might have COVID. Juror uh, told the judge they were sick, so the judge told the juror, "All right, you go home and take a COVID test. That's all we need, by the way. If this if this trial gets shut down because everybody on the jury winds up with COVID." Yeah, he, he only became president because he. He got really tired of people either falling asleep or walking out of the room whenever he talked. You know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my plan on it. All right. Well, I appreciate your call. Yeah, have a great day. Yeah, thanks. No, it's some of the, the stuff that that his sister said was... She said... Um, it's the phoniness of it all. It's the phoniness and the cruelty. She said, and this is a quote, and I'm sorry if you're sensitive, because I didn't make this up. This is just his sister. And I have to ask you, would his sister lie? She said, Donald is cruel. Donald is cruel. She said he was a brat. Apparently. I'm just looking at a story that was... Published by the Washington Post back in 2020. So apparently his family is not amused. Members of his family aren't amused. Uh, 11.33 at News Radio, WNBF. However, don't take my word for it. That was the story in the Washington Post. 607-772-1290. This is Binghamton Now. WNBF. Educational radio. 
Pas de l'immeuble, t'as rien vu. Every day, from 9 to noon, you're gonna learn a thing or two. Let's uh, go back to the phone. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Bob and everybody. Uh, this is Martin. Thank you. Oh, good morning, Martin. How, how are you doing now? I'm doing better. I'm doing better. You know, that the paperwork, I mean, and the phone calls and everything you got to do is just horrific. I was on hold for Social Security three hours the other day, and then attorney general and banks and I mean everybody and it just you know and there's a lot of other personal stuff that can never get back but it's over with but you know it, that stuff just rekindles it you know there's a reason they call it post-traumatic because it's like even though it's only two weeks it's like it's still there but it's like but anyway um a couple of things real quick um I want to thank John for being um, he got in tandem with um, Giovanni Scaringi, and he let Gio know that whatever, and Gio bought me another one, um, just like the other one. And, oh, my God, I'm telling you, I just took the dog out. Whatever. As soon as I put that on, boom, you can feel that heat just envelop you. And um, it was a great jacket, um, you know, but... Um, that's uh, that's all I want to say about that anymore. But I want to thank the listening uh, area for everybody coming and being so kind. And, yeah, we uh, had uh, an outpouring, an outpouring of people who called on and off the air, and people who sent emails. A lot of people, a lot of people were were very concerned for you. Thank you. I don't appreciate that. You know, and but you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Um, I never heard much back from Baskobs, you know, and I called several times, you know, so I don't know, you know, what they, what they care about, what they care about, but whatever, I don't know, they're busy, they said they were doing inventory yet, but still, I mean, you know, come on, but anyway, um, I called about the music, though, too, and, and that, you know, and about, uh, I seen a great documentary on Terry Katz, his daughter did that, and you can probably look it up online and see that, but, you know, he, that was the first show at the arena, was Chicago. Oh, and, that's right. That that was, I did a story about it. The first rock show at the arena was Chicago. And... Who opened up for him? <laughs> the Springy. The Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, yeah. yeah. Bruce, I did that story. I did that story last June because it was 50 years ago. And they called him a little-known rock performer, and yeah. and that was, as as I wrote in the story on WNBF.com, it's been a half century since several thousand people filled the arena for the first rock concert. Most of those who attended that event on the evening of June 13, 1973, were there for Chicago. The group had already had several popular albums, plus a lot of songs on Top 40 Radio. And as I wrote, it's pretty certain few of the 6,800 people who were in the arena that night had ever heard of a kid from New Jersey named Bruce Springsteen. Guess how old Springsteen was when he was at the arena? Oh, let me see. Uh, I was 20. He was probably about 23. He was? 23 years old. Yeah. 
Springsteen's appearance had been mentioned in a newspaper story a few days before the concert, but his name never was included in the ads for the event. A reviewer in the paper noted the following day in the evening press, concert goers were surprised that the music started right on schedule at 8 p.m. And Dave Burden wrote in the evening press, the concert began on the right note as much heralded but little known Bruce Springsteen gave the audience a loud jazz rock send-off. He started the 45-minute set with Spirit in the Night, which had just been released as a single. And the reviewer in the evening press observed Springsteen and company received a good hand, but it was obviously Chicago the crowd wanted. And I posted... And you could look this up on Google. Were you there? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was. <laughs> I had a broken collarbone, and my friend had a broken leg. Oh my <laughs> gosh! So here's the thing. <laughs> Interestingly, there is a recording of Bruce Springsteen performing at the arena on June thirteenth, nineteen seventy three. And if you look that up on Google, you could see I I put that embedded the recording, which was from YouTube. I embedded that at the bottom of our story. So here it is more than 50 years later. People can still hear Bruce Springsteen, who is actually the first rock performer at the arena, even though he received no no special billing as uh, as the opener for the better-known group Chicago. So Yeah, pretty much an acoustic set, you know. But yeah. um, real quick too, Bob, um, um, a couple of things there. We in the early '70s, before the arena was built, we were. It seemed like every Friday, like we were going up to uh, Syracuse, you know. And uh, on September 11, '71, the scene Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin, they played for three hours. That was quite the show. And, and Richie Blackmore shortly after that. Alvin Lee, Santana, um, Kim Simmons from Cowboy Brown. But what Bob said there about Wesley Leslie West, seeing them and. Uh, no, Courtney Cornell, but it wasn't Barton Hall. It was another place. It was a gym up there, but they played with uh, Seals and Crofts and with West Bruce and Lang, Jack Bruce from Cream. It was a, a short-lived band. I don't know, I think there were a couple of albums out, but, you know, but that was a great show. And my friend, we were so close, my friend reached up on the stage and grabbed one of Leslie West's picks and had it, you know, and was uh, uh, huddling with it and everything. And then about five, ten minutes later, uh, about four or five monsters came over and said, put it back, put it back. It must have been one of his favorite picks or something like that. But um, he closed the um, Hippie Fest at SUNY maybe about a decade ago, Leslie Weston, he had lost a ton, ton of weight. And I mean, I was in my late sixties there, but there were a lot of people that were much older, but you know, he just blew the roof off there and they were leaving in droves. It was just, just too much. Cause you know, I had three dog nights, rascals and turtles and kind of mellow groups like that. But you know, Leslie West still blew everybody away. So uh, I don't know, maybe a Bob was there or something, but anyway, again, just thank you for the time and thank everybody for um, their concern. Uh, I appreciate that, and it shows how relevant the show is. That you know, I never would have, I never would have uh, got back to uh, Geo. You know, John heard it, John related to Geo, and um, you know, and now he is now in. Talk about an asset for our, our community. He's uh, he's from down around the island, but. Um, 
he's a professor also of economics at uh, SUNY Binghamton, not alone Broome, BCC, but he's giving a, a talk in uh, Texas right now. You know, I mean, the guy's a genius, and let alone such a, a a great guy. Like, I met him, I was raking leaves, and he was, I had my Democratic sign out there, and he started, was, was talking with him and everything, but I believe in individuals, and I was like, man, this guy's good. This, he, I called Jerry at the time, our first four councilmen, I don't know if you remember this, but I said, you got to get on that show, because he, Geo did the show, and he came off real good, and um, which which he is, and Jerry says, oh, you know, he couldn't leave the golf course for an hour, and said, well, then he lost, you know, but hey, Geo stayed for um, eight years and was our councilman, and the last time I had talked to him, I called him, I told him about a pothole, a pothole, a big pothole pothole up on Prospect Street, uh, within 24 hours it was filled up. Well, that so, was one of the uh, things that I noticed about Councilmember Skaringi is, yes, he did pay attention to the program, and so if people in his district, in the first district, had problems, whether it was a pothole or back uh, years ago, well, up at, uh, I still call it, well, what do they call it now? Um, Legacy Bay Apartments, but they used to call it Ely Park, and they had problems at one point. They had so many potholes there. They had dozens of potholes, and somebody who lived up there called that in, and Council Member Skaringi took it upon himself, I think even before the program was over. He went up to Ely Park, or Legacy Bay Apartments, off Glenwood Road, and he took pictures, I think, of 23 potholes and reported those on the City of Binghamton app. And I think, oh, it was that day or the next day, those potholes were filled. I went up there. Actually, I think it was after the program that day, and I saw the DPW crews. They were using cold patch because it was still winter, and they were busy filling in about two dozen potholes in response to somebody who called the program, and then the council member got attention, reported it to City Hall, and it was fixed. And then later, there was a case where they had trouble with some of the uh, street lights in one part of the apartment complex because the wires are all buried underground, and they were having trouble because the, the wires were... Uh, getting uh, corroded because of the the freeze and thaw and salt and all that stuff. So they didn't have um, lights for one part of the apartment complex. Well, he got some action on that too, as I recall. So he, he, actually, he actually took constituent service seriously. And I'm not saying the other members on council didn't. I just happened to know a few cases where Mr. Skaringi did. He paid attention to stuff he would hear on this program. And then, instead of saying, well, I'll make a note of that, maybe maybe next week or next month, if I have some time, I'll, I'll go check it out. I mean, sometimes he, he took very fast action. Yes, he did. And I was living up there then. That's where my... Uh my fiance and I moved up there. We had a beautiful townhouse up there. And down going around or about two-thirds of the way up, up there around there when you're going around the turn and yeah that I was up there when all those potholes were up there and um that's where you know she passed away up there and we yeah. were up there and um but you know that's technically kind of still in the first ward well it is I mean know, it is his district know. I mean it's weird how you yeah. have to go actually outside the city of Binghamton and go up the roadway but it's that is 
part of the city, and it's certainly it's an important part of the first district because think of how many people are living up there. I don't know. There are a couple hundred apartments. Yeah, they yeah. did it over beautifully too, Bob. The, the, yeah. the, they soundproofed it. You could play the music loud, and you know, you it was it was great. You know, and there was uh, still a Russian contingency that was up there. That they um, a lot of women up there uh, stayed up there, and they would all go down to the church at St. Anne's every Friday night. You know, I called it the March of the Penguins. I mean, you could see them walk, kind of shuffling over to the buses and stuff like that. But it was. Uh, it was a great community, and um, but anyway, I'll get off the phone here so that other people call. All right. Um, well, Martin, thanks for checking in. Keep in touch. Yes, I certainly will. But you know, this is a, I'm a living proof, uh, a testament to um, the relevance of this the show, and um, so uh, I thank you, and everybody thanks you, Bob, for your, what a great show you do, and. What a great asset you are to the community. So thanks a lot. Thank everybody. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for your kind words. It's 11.50. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. WNBF, Bob Joseph with you on a Monday morning. Hope your day is off to a delightful start. Remember, you can start your day off fully informed with First News Binghamton with Don Morgan. Every weekday, 6 to 9. The information, local and regional news, national and world news, sports, money news, tech updates from Kim Commando and from ABC. Plus, medical news from Dr. Sanjay Gupta. There's your information right there. Six to nine. Weekday mornings right here on WNBF. I tune in. You should, too. Make it a daily habit. And if you're tuned in at 8.59, you can hear the handoff, the legendary handoff, as we transition from First News Binghamton over to Binghamton Now. It's truly something to behold. So start off with uh, all the information you really need from 6 to 9, and then stay with us from 9 to noon for the Binghamton Now Talk Party, where we talk and many people are listening. I'm grateful. There's one thing that uh, it does make a difference. Some people would think, well, it makes no difference at all if you're listening. Actually, it does. And I know a lot of people are listening. As I've said before, more than 99% of the people who listen to the program never call or email the program. And that's fine. I get it. 
I listen to a lot of radio programs too, and very, very, very rarely do I ever get in touch with anybody on the radio program. But you're still part of it. And I still think in 2024, this medium, this one-on-one method of communicating with one person who is actually live, who is not being controlled by who knows what, AI or something else, but somebody who's actually speaking with you directly in real time, I think there's something really special about it. And it's special because people are paying attention. And I enjoy hearing if you listen to the program and I'm out asking questions, feel free to mention, oh, I listen. I listen. It was just like this morning. I was out working on a story and talking to one of the Binghamton police officers. He listens when he can in between jobs. And we appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Everybody who listens and everyone who calls. That's our program for today. Enjoy your afternoon. I'm Bob Joseph. I'll be back tomorrow morning right here on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.